Hello, everybody, and welcome to the sixth episode of the Deplorable Devotees podcast. So today is kind of going to be a bit of a, uh, a very bouncing around sort of topic uh, because we're going to be discussing patriotism. So I'm going to try and keep it very focused because I'm going to be reading off a uh, article by a certain mainstream media site um, we lovingly refer to as the Clown News Network. Um, read between the lines there. I'm not really sure what I can or can't say on here. So that's what I'm going to say, and we're going to leave it at that. Uh, I will say the name of the article if you want to check it out yourselves, but we're going to be reading the entire thing. So, you know, there's not really much that you'd want to check out yourselves, maybe except for the links or things like that, right? Um, but anyways, we're going to get right to it. Um, obviously today I'll be your host, uh, Ryan. Um, and obviously we're doing the, the theme of patriotism today because it's Memorial Day. So, I mean, what better day to do it, right? Um, so with that, I want to get into the idea of patriotism itself and sort of the difference between patriotism and nationalism, which is something that people don't delineate anymore. They kind of just see like, when you when you ask people on, on, the, on the left or sort of left-leaning people, like, what is... What is patriotism? And this isn't always true because some some of them try to redefine patriotism as patriotism is is questioning everything about your country and not questioning. Um, it's sort of like a, a little bit of a, a weird sort of way that they redefine it to kind of fit their narrative more. To be honest, um, but no, every time you ask them, people and this is just a generalized thing, not even just on the left, but people will automatically go towards what I see as nationalism as sort of this brainless sort of just support for your country. And here's the thing. Trump came out and said that he, he says he's a nationalist, which I think he kind of said in poor, poor terms, as in, I think he, he more means that he has national pride and he puts this country over, over other countries, which is a nationalist idea is putting this country over, over other countries, but not in terms of this country should step on other countries, like we sort of see it as when people weaponize it, right? Because when you when you take that to extremes and hyper-nationalize it, that's when you get things like Nazis, and you get other sort of regimes where we had we had problems because they were hyper-nationalized, and these people had literally nothing else to grasp to other than their country, and basically everything else had failed them, right? And the entire world was against them, and they couldn't really understand why, and here's the thing. Even with Nazism, it wasn't a complete just like, it, well, it sort of was a very brainless sort of support um, in terms of the Nazis themselves and sort of the things that they did. Um, but even even a lot of the people in in uh, Nazi Germany, soldiers and things like that, they weren't all in line of what exactly was going on. And sort of people covered it up. People in America covered it up. This wasn't just a, a Nazi cover-up. This was almost a worldwide cover-up. There were places every. I mean, there were there were European newspapers that were posting this all over the place, obviously, because it was a very real threat to them. But it was getting covered up in America at the same time it was in Nazi Germany. But anyways, we're gonna get out of that, and we're gonna just sort of say, that, look, there is a difference between patriotism, and there's a difference between nationalism. Patriotism is a love and support for your country. Patriotism to the extreme is when you get into nationalism, not patriotism, right? So if you're getting to like brainless, mindless patriotism, that is what nationalism would be, right? And so when, when Trump says he says he, that he's a nationalist, I think he, he more means that he, what I said before, that he's a love of the country. Um, 
to the point where he supports this country and believes it is the best country. But how can you have patriotism if you don't believe that? And I think that's the problem, is that people have sort of redefined nationalism due to connotation um, and also redefined patriotism due to connotations as well. Um, but to my point, patriotism is a love and support for the country. And in terms of American patriotism, it is love and support for the the way the country started, the founding of the country, and the principles that it was founded on, um, the founding fathers and the things like that. The principles it was founded on is what the basis for patriotism and the love of the country is. Obviously, I don't love the way the country is right now, but I am still patriotic about the country. Obviously, right? Um, I don't... I, I, I'm just not a fan of mainstream media like this, like we're going to look at today. Um, I'm not a fan of the way things are being done all the time, but that doesn't mean I'm not a patriot. Like, patriotism is not just a selective thing. Patriotism is a complete support for the principles of the country. If those are being stepped on, then you're stepping on patriotism. You know, things like that. That doesn't mean I love every single dang thing about a country. That is nationalism. That's what I'm trying to make the point here. Right. So anyways, let's get into it. Now that that's out of the way, um, and I, I didn't bother, I, look, I did look up uh, definitions for, for nationalism and patriotism. Um, patriotism always had love of the country in the definition. That was that was a guarantee. Nationalism has is redefined more, more times than you can count. There are so many different definitions of nationalism. I looked on DuckDuckGo for nationalism. I looked at Google for nationalism. They both had like three different definitions that were kind of completely different from each other. Um, so it's kind of interesting to kind of look at, but nationalism is so hard to define, and it's even harder to define with the connotation of hyper-nationalism and nationalism seen during World War II. Um, but anyways, with that out of the way, that's why I didn't really look like, quote y'all off a definition or something like that. Um, anyways, we're going to get into this, this article I found on CNN about how the Obama era gave us a dangerous patriotism, which the title is really misleading. Um, because from what I've read, and I've read a, a little bit of it, maybe like a fourth, because it's a little long, but we're going to go through it. Um, hang in there, though. It's very entertaining. I'll tell you, this is just ridiculously stupid. And the funny thing is, is um, Colin Kaepernick kneeling is the beginning photo. So you know it's real patriotic, right? Anyways, we're going to keep going. Um, so the title, How the Obama Era Gave Us a Dangerous Patriotism. And uh, let's keep going here. So, uh, yeah, okay, that's just the, the caption for the, the picture of the guy kneeling. Um, it's Colin Kaepernick and two of his other bros uh, kneeling. Some safety and a linebacker. All right, big whoop. Okay. So now some of this is like, it's really hard to get because it's not quoted, um, because the guy who made it is quoting it, I guess. But like, there's also times when you should quote it, but he doesn't. Uh, but anyways, here it starts. So it's CNN, or uh, Clown News Network, uh, Dash. I was lecturing a friend one day about the need to vote when he countered with a question about my civic duty. Why don't you ever stand for the national anthem? So, I don't understand this whole civic duty part. Does he think that it's his civic duty not to stand for the national anthem? I, I don't understand that. Um, but I would have thought civic duty meant voting. Um, 
but is he sort of saying his civic duty is to not stand for the national anthem because that's what he's he's questioning about my civic duty um why don't you stand for the national anthem i was lecturing my friend one day about the need to vote so this was made in uh, 2016 by the way or updated in 2016 so i'm assuming it was made in 2016 october 18th so right before the election obviously um about the need to vote so that's probably where he's talking about that he says why don't you ever stand for the national anthem question an awkward silence but okay yeah i don't know I don't know when the whole Colin Kaepernick thing exactly started. Oh, it was in 2010, I think is what it said. Yeah, right? Uh, I think that's what it was. Maybe I'm... I, I definitely am wrong about that. No, that's definitely not correct. Uh, I don't know what it is. Uh, gee, I don't know. There's something in there. Anyways. Well, um, an awkward silence followed his question, and then he added... You see, here's the funny thing. If you do something, why should an awkward silence follow when he asks that? Like, if you are passionate about it, and there's a reason for your doing it, you wouldn't stare them, stare at him awkwardly like, oh, What do you mean? Uh, everybody kneels for the national... No. No. It's not just something you do. It's something you do because you have some sort of belief about it. Like, the way he says that... It sounds like he just doesn't know why he doesn't, and he only does it because, well, I, I don't see it. Like, you'll get to this part, but he, the, guy's, the guy makes it very clear that he's black. So he's obviously trying to say something about, like, well, awkward silence. Like, why, why would you say that, that an awkward silence falls? Like, why would that even happen if, if you were very passionate about this, right? Well, whatever. Here's a quote, by the way. So now it's now it's quoted. Not the uh, the original part, which is odd. Um, not the, why don't you ever stand for the national anthem? So I don't, I don't know what this is. It's like half quoted to the point where you'd be like, so is this actually said or was it not said? So whatever. Um, quote, I never asked why. I thought you had some feelings about America. I figured you had your reasons. Well, yeah, I would have figured you had reasons too. But <laughs> that awkward silence tells me you don't. He was right, period. No, you don't. You don't have reasons for it. If you were awkwardly silent, why? Okay. Long before NFL quarterback Colin Kaepernick refused to stand. All that is apparently a link, by the way. Uh, Colin Kaepernick refused to stand. Must be another CNN article. Let me see what it leads me to. Yeah, it's another CNN article. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Oh, here we go. Apologizes to Colin Kaepernick after criticizing anthem protest. That's where we get to? What? Yeah, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the poster child of the Democrats, right? Whatever. Uh, well, I don't know how that, what that has to do with it. Um, anyways. Uh, after Colin Kaepernick refused to stand for the anthem, I started remaining seated when it was played. What? Long before NFL quarterback refused to stand, I remained seated when it was played. Yeah, we got that idea. Like, that just makes it sound like right when they started playing it, but they've always played it, so that's just weird. I didn't do it for attention or to protest, Bull. I didn't do it for attention. You literally, you've... I mean, you haven't said it yet, he does say it, but he literally admits it's to protest against the way the country is and because he's lost his patriotism, right? He doesn't, didn't do, you do do it for protest because you, you think that patriotism is wrong and that patriotism is anti-black people. Is basically what he, he sort of makes in this. I don't, I didn't get much into it though, so you'll see how that just is stupid. I didn't do it for attention or protest, maybe not for attention. Uh, I guess I wouldn't say that. Colin Kaepernick, let's be honest, he was a failed quarterback. He was a backup quarterback for the worst team in football. Um, he, f he was a failure. To say he didn't do it for some attention is a little bit of a lie. It it's kind of a, f a, f a lie at that point. 
there is a legitimate argument to, to saying that he did it for attention because he was losing it very, very rapidly. Um, and he needed some sort of way to sort of boost his, his career, and, and, you know, that's how he did it. Um, is there a legitimate argument to be had over what he was protesting? Maybe. Um, but that's a completely different thing. As a person of color, I couldn't, I just couldn't relate to the America that the anthem rhapsodized. See, I, when I read this over, I had, a, I had a problem with this. As a person of color, I couldn't relate to the America that the anthem rhapsodized. Why? Because it was made in 1812? Because it was made before, while slavery was around? That you can It has nothing to do with slavery. Just because it was made in a time of slavery does not mean that it has something to do with slavery. The country was founded during a time of, well, not necessarily the time of slavery, not like during slave trade and stuff like that. Well, well okay, yeah, well, it was, but it's like, it's not during the time of where it was at its height or whatever, you know, where, where things were like, okay, well, that's just technically wrong. But anyways, not during the time of like the Civil War where like slave, slavery came up as, a, as an issue, you know, it was not during that sort of time. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like, nobody really thought about it being an issue until a little bit after the founding of the country, right? So that's a completely different thing. But anyways, the anthem rhapsodized? What, the, what in the anthem is racist? If somebody can tell me that, please tell me that. Because I have no idea what a, in the anthem itself that the anthem rhapsodized. What does that have to do with it? What is the anthem? What is this? Do you want news summarized each morning? CNN, five things. What? Shut up. I just got a CNN ad on, on a clown news network thing. What? Okay. How do I love a country that doesn't love my people back? Bull. Bull. See, that's wrong. Because here's how I define the difference between nationalism and patriotism. Is patriotism is a love for not only the founding of the country, but a love for the people. Right? Nationalism is a love for a group. So if that group is your is your country itself and you see that group or that, that's why we have white nationalism and not white patriotism like white patriotism isn't a term it's called white nationalism because it's you think that that is the greatest and white people are the greatest so that is a nationalism to white people and you can do that to culture groups so that's a thing that's why it's called white nationalism not white patriotism anyways um, so that's just dead on wrong. That's that's just nationalism if you're going to say that it's against black people. Because um, this guy's black, uh, but whatever. Uh, he's also British, so I'm not really sure how he's got patriotism for America, but apparently he used to. Uh, anyways, patriotism, quote, or comma, I thought, comma, was the language of white America. It didn't speak to me. Here's the funny thing is, he literally admits later on that he was a huge patriot. So... If it never spoke to you, it didn't speak to you, then why did it speak to you? <laughs> because here's the thing, and I'll get into it. Here, let's get, let's keep going. But something has shifted within me during the last eight years, and it goes beyond witnessing the election of our nation's first black president, Barack, President Barack Obama, and others have defined what it redefined what it means to love America. No, they haven't. We'll get into this. That is just so wrong, though. Like, that is literally, that sentence, that whole thing is an admittance that it is just about the election of the nation's first black president, but we'll get into that. I'm seeing the birth of new brand of a new brand of patriotism that finally speaks to me and other non-white Americans. Okay, anyways, I bring up Obama and patriotism now because so many people are reflecting on his legacy, ah, lack thereof. Um, 
The Obama era is being described as a prelude to the browning of America when racial minorities become the majority in the future. That's this whole argument that, that Spanish is going to be the, the, the lead language in America and stuff like that, and that English is not going to be spoken in as much in America. That, that just, I don't know who's coming up with those numbers, but they must be letting in a lot of illegal immigrants. And look, the browning of America, the only way you could say that Obama contributed to the browning of America was because he shoved a bunch of Syrian people into America, basically into places where they, they weren't ready to be put in some cases, right? So that just hurts them. But anyways, and that's, and that's why we have such a big gap between minorities and people like that, is because, well, you just threw a bunch of minorities into a country where they weren't ready to, to be thrown into, right? 150,000 people just, just shoved into there for, for what, over the course of eight years? Every year, 150,000 of them put in to places where they just couldn't handle them. Um, that's a problem. But, yeah, if you're going to say that that's because that's the browning of America, um, whatever. That, that's just kind of odd to me. And I'm not even saying all Syrian people are just are, are, are brown or whatever you want to say. But it's a general stereotype that people from the Middle East are not exactly white. Because if you go to the Middle East and you're white in some cases, then... then Groups are going to come after you because they think you're an American. Uh, but anyways, if you're going to say that he contributed anything to the browning of America, um, that's because he brought in a bunch of, of Syrian refugees and refugees from, from other countries, just bunches of them. But, sorry. Oh. Anyways, uh, enough being said on that because that's just, just wrong in general. Like, Obama didn't just have a bunch of black kids. Or like, he didn't have, like, Hundreds of thousands of black kids in America. He's not responsible for, for more black people in the country. I guess that's not how it goes. Um, he's not responsible for an increase in the in, in like racial minorities becoming the majority in the future. What is what does that mean? Like that you're gonna just kill off all white people? Like, I, I don't get what that means. I get, maybe because it's the whole movement of like now these Democrats don't want to have kids. I don't know what he's saying there. I, it just it doesn't make sense. Anyways, like. And I don't really think minority or majority really means anything to, to, like, what does it mean, anyways? What does it matter that you're the minority? You know, just because you're the minority of thought. I'm the minority of thought if I walk into a Democrat meeting, right? I'm automatically the minority, but it doesn't make me feel any less right. You know, if I walk into a Democrat meeting, I'm the only conservative there. I'm the only one who thinks the way I think. That does not mean that I should rethink how I think because I'm the only minority. That, like, being a minority doesn't shouldn't change you at all. What does that change about you? Nothing. It just changes. I mean, maybe it puts you on the defensive a little bit sure, right? That would put me on the defensive because I'm the only person there who thinks the way I think, right? Um, so I would have to justify that, right? And sort of, like, prove, like, look, you know, I, this is why, this is the way I think. This is why I'm here. You know, whatever else, right? Um, but anyways, I, I, obviously I don't think minorities have to justify their being here. I'm just saying that being a minority does not mean that you have to, like, change how you are. Or, like, be a victim, you know. I, I, there's no victimhood in me about going to a Democrat. Like, I, yeah, whatever. Anyways, I think it's the prelude to something even more. The definition of what it means to love America will expand... Look, the definition of what it means to love America already did expand. And that was after the Jim Crow, after civil rights, right? This was after all of that, is it, the idea of, of what it, but even still, we would 
we would modern day define those things as not patriotism, but nationalism. Um, even in the modern day, we would not define sort of this, that idea of, well, we love our country, but we only love the majority of the country. You know, like we only love the, the white people in America, right? And even that's not true because we, we had anti-Irish sentiment, anti-Jewish sentiment, anti-whatever else, uh, groups that were predominantly white as well still. So it was kind of just a, a nationalist thing. It was like, if you weren't American, we didn't like you as much. And that's just how it went, right? Um, that's just not how it is anymore. And yes, that's been redefined. Nothing about Obama redefined that, though. Uh, not in the least. Um, anyways, um, here's the funny thing. The browning of America won't just change how the country looks in the future. It will change how Americans express patriotism because racial minorities bring different histories to the notion of America as the land of the free. So here's the funny thing. Why would he admit that Amer that they, they see America as the land of the free? Because isn't the whole point that America was founded on this, like, slavery and, and all these things of not the free, right? But now he wants to say that minorities are saying that, are bringing this different history to the notion of America. No. What? They are being told that America was founded on non-freedom of minority. Right? So now, is it because Barack Obama, because we have a black president that now minorities are free? No. It's not that. We, they've been free since the Civil Rights Movement. It's always been the land of the free for minorities. All right, period. It's just you get into these connotations, you get into these these sort of mindsets that some people have, and, and it, it changes how you see yourself if you're in a minority and things like that. But anyways, in the next sense, I know I do. What? You know you do what? Oh, 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 I'm sorry, because he's, that's right, because he's black. I'm sorry. That's what that means. I know I do. I bring a new history to the notion of America as the land of the free. Okay, that's what he's trying to say. Wow, really uh, patting yourself on the back, tooting your own horn there. Wow. Jeez, I guess I just didn't expect him to be that uh, egotistical, I guess, should we say? Um, about the fact that he's black, basically. Like, really? Anyways, I've long felt ambivalent when people tell me I should love America. I wonder what America they're talking about. How about the one that that eradicated slavery in the free world. Um, of course, it didn't eradicate it in places like the Middle East, where it continued for a while, uh, because it was so, uh, it was so basically like, it made them so much money and it made them so much labor that they didn't get rid of it in the Middle East and in Africa, and it caused lots of wars. Um, but how about the country that got rid of it? How about the country that fought a war to end slavery and to end it as sort of, practice in the free world, um, leading Europe to do the same, and the country that led a revolution so that other countries would lead revolutions and and sort of uproot the way that they've been running, which in not in all cases was good, but still, in, I'm not going to say everything that America's done is great, um, but I think the history of America is great. And it's founded on great principles. So that's what patriotism is, right? Um, and if you're going to say that this is patriotism, any of this sentence, then you're just dead on wrong. Um, which he'll yell at me for later. Uh, trust me, he will. But, um, yeah, none of this is patriotism. But he wants to say that there's some sort of new wave of patriotism. Um, but literally nothing he said yet says anything suggestive of that. But anyways, should and this is so dumb. And this isn't even quoted, by the way, so he could have made it all this up. 
uh, which is why I'm kind of saying, like, I hey, whatever. Um, should I just be happy, as one white man once told me, that my ancestors were rescued from the jungles of Africa and brought to the greatest country in the world? So, here's the funny thing is, one, he points out that it's a white man. Um, great. Big whoop. Um, I don't care. I think anybody who says that is a terrible person, because we're gonna, yeah, okay. Um, sh yeah, should I just be happy as one white man, one white man once told me that my ancestors were rescued from the jungles of Africa and brought to the greatest country in the world. That is so bad. Anyone who says that is terrible. That is terrible. That is white nationalism. If, if you're too afraid to admit that, then that's, that's white nationalism. That is not patriotism. Um, look, and I will say that the great, the part, the greatest country in the world, that is, that is patriotism. Um, but that they were rescued from the jungles of Africa and brought to the greatest country. That is bull. That is so bad. Now they were brought to the greatest country in the world, not, well, you can make an argument at the time it was, but not really, um, it wasn't as on the rise as it, as it gets to be later on, um, anyways, and here's the funny thing, they have a picture here, the love it or leave it attitude has defined traditional patriotism, has seen at tea party rallies like this one in Philadelphia in 2010, here's the funny thing, they make the Tea Party out to be this racist, racist thing, but it's just because they were white nationalists that attended it, right? And sort of attended these, these, these protests or whatever else, right? I don't know much about the Tea Party. All I know is the majority of it was not anything like that. Um, they were not majority white nationalists or anything else. Look, and the guy is holding up a sign that says, I love our country. It's government that I'm afraid of. Look, I, that's patriotism. Completely, 100%. If he hadn't included that last part, that would be nationalism. But I don't know if this guy's a white nationalist or something like that, but but even still, if you agree with everything the government does, and you, yeah, and look, look, that's bad. Being afraid of your government's a bad thing. We should not be afraid of the government as we are right now. Look, we should be, that was the whole point that the founding fathers made this country on, is they should fear us, not we should fear them. Right. So look, the government has control over the military and things like that, right? But if if the people right now were to rise up and say, well, look, if let's say the gun thing, right? The the Democrats were coming for our guns. And the Democrat gets in power and they're coming for our guns, they're coming for our pistols, they're coming for our everything. They say, look, guns are bad, get rid of them. And we rise up not giving back our guns. We don't give back our guns to the government. Do you really think the military is gonna be on the government side on that one, I would guarantee you it's a no, and the military wouldn't stand for it either. So look, if the people and the military are on one side, the government is useless. What's the government going to do? Send out federal troops against the military? I mean, no. They're not going to do that. What, are they going to send out the Secret Service against us? I mean, they can, they can spy on us through the NSA. That's about it. Like, they ain't going to do very much. You know, they don't have much power besides the military and, like, you know, if the military is against them, they really don't have that much power. Uh, but I'm not talking about, like, yeah, we should do a military coup just right now. You know, I mean, no. But either way, the government should be powerless. And it's not exactly powerless, but but it sort of should be. Um, but that's kind of how it, yeah, the point is that they should fear us, not we fear them. And they should fear us because we are an armed populace. And that's kind of what the, why the Democrats are like, ooh, uh, that's not good. Because they know that if they try to pull something... We are here to stop them, and that's how, that's what a democracy is, that's what a republic is. Um, so if you want to say that 
we are founded on the ideal of democracy, and if that that's what I would agree with. Now, the system of democracy, iffy. But anyways, that's obviously completely different, but sort of to the line of patriotism and the fact that patriotism is more to the principles that this country was founded on. Um, uh, here we go. So that man embodies the love it or leave it attitude that I associate with flag wavers. Well, here's the funny thing. He's not waving a flag. Um, ironically, he's like the only person in the picture not waving a flag. Um, but still, the love it, that is what patriotism is. If it's not if it's not a love it or leave it thing, then it's not patriotism because every single definition that I saw of patriotism basically says you have to love your country. So it's a love it or leave it. That is literally the definition of patriotism. You can't just redefine patriotism like that's just that's just like a a a, a, a like a disheartened commitment to a country. Like you can't just say that. Like what? If you don't have patriotism or you don't have a, a love of your country, you can't in any way, shape, or form, have patriotism. And obviously, it's not redefined because Merriam-Webster and whoever else is on the Google definitions still says that love of a country is in the country. So if Obama redefined it, then he didn't do a very good job of it because the definition is still the same. Anyways, it's a pugnacious. In the world, it's pugnacious. And who would say that that looks like a good word to say? That sounds like a stupid... If I said pugnacious, I would sound like an idiot. But anyways, it's a pug pugnacious patriotism that one can hear in country singer Merle Haggard's song, The Fighting Side of Me. Um, actually, it's fighting, not fighting. I looked up a song. Wow. Um, yeah, I did my research. Uh, yeah, The Fightin', so with an N at the end, not a G at the end, uh, side of me. I think he should sue, just saying he's dead, but, you know, he should sue. Yeah, and that tells you something. The guy died in 2016. Um yeah, Merle Haggard's song came out in, in 1970. This was made in 2016. Relevance? I think not. Anyways, it was about, as he, as he says, Haggard released the song as anti-war protests surged during the Vietnam War. Okay. Was it anti-civil rights movement? Oh, no, no, no. Was it, uh, Yeah. <laughs> what does it have to do with his article? It really doesn't. And it's a song, by the way. It's not like a... a it's a song. A, what? People are going to release anything in a song nowadays. Anyways, I mean, you see in the popular culture a lot of bad things in songs. And I could cite every single one of them. You know, but it doesn't mean anything about how society is, necessarily. I mean, well, that's technically not true. But... One song from 1970 shouldn't really reflect on 2016, but I think that's their whole point, is they're trying to say, oh, it's institu institutionalized, like, since 1970 or something, but the Civil Rights Movement gave everybody rights before 1970, so it really still, and it's about the Vietnam War, so it has nothing to do with anything he wants it to have it to do with, um... But the song didn't sound terrible. I've written the lyrics, and here's the lyrics that he presents. It's not bad. Um, I hear people talking, not with a G, still. Talking bad about the way we, we have to live here in this country. Harping on the wars we fight and griping about the way things ought to be. See, I think the only reason he uses this is because it's very southernized in its, in its talk. So it's talking 
with an with an apostrophe after the end. Harpen, gripen, an instead of and. Sw M, like E M. I'll mind them. You know um, about the way things ought to be. I don't mind them switching sides. Uh, switching sides, obviously not switching. And standing up for the things they believe in. When they're running down my countryman, they're walking on the fighting side of me. Um, yeah, exactly. I don't mind them switching sides. And I, you know, I don't mind them doing. So, like, basically, that I, I, I'm assuming what he's saying here is I don't mind them being, you know, like standing up for what they believe in. You know, going from we're for this war to against this war or whatever else. I don't know, but if they're running down the country, then they're walking the place. So that that was a whole big thing back in the Vietnam War. It's like you, you know, and I would say that maybe there's an argument for, hey, the Vietnam War redefined how patriotism is, um, and that like sometimes just because you're off fighting a war doesn't mean it's great. You know, and that's that's a, that's a legitimate argument to be had, but that's a completely different argument from what he's trying to make. Let's put that very clear. This has nothing to do with anything, and the only reason I think he even puts it out here is because it's very southern in the way it talks, and that's kind of just how he wants to basically put it, like the South is an institutionally racist place. Um, always will be, always. And he talks about, like, uh, yeah, anyways, he talks about that later on in the, um, in the podcast, or not in the podcast, in the, um, in the, the, article anyways that's the type of kick butt patriotism i believed in when i was growing up um growing with the gm sorry i said it growing because um, <laughs> he's very he's very classy he uses g's in his sentence big wolf uh, anyways my childhood heroes were soldiers like audie murphy the most decorated american soldier in world war ii good great i read his biography to Helen back which I, ironically i tapped the link for and there is no link there um so that's funny Three times in junior high school. I almost cried when Davy Crockett died near the end of the movie, The Alamo. I plastered U.S. Marine memorabilia on the walls of my boyhood bedroom. So here's the funny thing. Remember how I said that he said before that, oh, patriotism never really struck me. It never really, like, called to me. It never was my thing. Um, well, it was your thing, actually. You literally just admitted it right here. Uh, that it was your thing. And so obviously... This whole, the whole point he's trying to make here is that patriotism doesn't extend to black people. Um, you're black. You were patriotic. How does patriotism not extend to black people? Now, and here's what he's going to say. This is infuriating. I don't think about, I didn't think about it at the time, but all my childhood heroes were white men carrying guns typically with American flags waving in the background. Wow, I'm sorry. Well, there's a lot of problems with this, but I'm sorry that we weren't flying the communist flag when we were going into war, or we were flying the, the USSR flag when we went to the moon. Okay, wow, big whoop. That's a, that's a real, real tragedy right there, that, we were f that, that soldiers are flying the American flag. But here's the best part. All my childhood heroes were white men carrying guns. Ah, oh, now he's what is he trying to get into anti-war now? Is that why he's got the Vietnam guy here too? Is he's against? I I, I don't get this. What, why? What is this? 
all, all, why does it matter that your heroes are white men? What if I told you right now that my hero is, is The Rock or Morgan Freeman? They're my heroes, right? Well, they're, they're cool people. I like them. They're very cool. I don't give a crap that they're black. I'm just citing the fact that they are black because of this, this instance. That's the only reason I would even care is because of the, this specific instance where he's saying, well, all my heroes are white men. But to an extent, I would say that I look up to The Rock and I look up to Morgan Freeman um, and in no way because they are black, right? You can you can separate those things. Now, there's certain times where I'm like, okay, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. and he gets into that next. I would see that as my, that person I would see as my hero. Um, not just because he's black, but it had something to do with it, obviously, because he's for the civil rights movement. Um, but technically, you could be white for the civil rights movement. So you really, I don't really like see that as an important delineation to make. And he's trying to make it here, and it's just very pathetic. And it just really shows the sort of hypocrisy that the Democrats are pushing here. Um, and it, it's just really sickening to me. And I can't see how they don't see the difference. It's, it's, it's appalling to me. But anyways, I vaguely knew about people like the Reverend Martin Luther King Jr., but they didn't excite me. Well, yeah, no, duh. <laughs> I mean, let, let's be honest. Reverend Martin Luther King Jr., he gave speeches, right? That was his thing. He talked. Um, that's not as cool as people going and shooting people. I mean, let's be honest. Like, okay, that sounds bad. That sounds bad. <laughs> you, know what, you know what I meant. That's not as cool as people running into fights and running into the, the heat of war and being decorated because they, they basically, because of their hero, their heroics, right? That's completely a different thing to say. Um, it doesn't, then that, your hero shouldn't be somebody who just excites you. That's not just how it is, right? But that makes sense that he wasn't as interested in those people because they didn't go out and do, um, sort of these, like, as he said, kick butt things, right? Um, that's what he, that's what he wanted in patriotism. But here's the thing, patriotism isn't exactly always kick butt. Um, but it is in the terms of the fact that America See, here's the thing. You can still be patriotic and think your country is the best country. It's just the difference between your country should be prioritized over other countries in all cases, as in you only do what's best for your country, not for what other countries is. Because um, when you get to that point, that's that's when you get into the definition of fascism. Um, but that's completely different. I see even, even Trump looks out for things, for the good for other countries. He doesn't just look out for the good of America, but he looks out for the good of America first. And that's where you get into the difference between uh, globalism and sort of patriotism and sort of they do combat each other. I, I believe that they combat each other because you cannot fully love your own country if you are basically putting the world's interest before your country's interest, because then at that point, how could you even do that? Because you, your country, if you're, if you're using your country as the basis for that, then how can you have a weak country but still look out for the best for the world? It doesn't work. You have to be the best country to look out for the best in the world. That's just how it has to be. And if you're admitting that you're a globalist, you have to admit that that you are the best country. <laughs> it's very hard not to. Um, so I would not say that overall a plaster overall Democrats that they're not patriotic. Um, but I would say that a very large majority of them don't understand patriotism um, to the to its to how it should be defined. Um, not exactly how it's not defined. I'm just saying how it's it's sort of reconnotated because of things like Nazis and, and things like that. Obviously, as I said before. Um, but anyways, yeah.
They didn't excite me. Singing We Shall Overcome didn't compare to storming the sands of Iwo Jima. Fine. I mean, yeah, duh. Of course it doesn't. I mean, what, what are you trying to make here? Of course it doesn't. It's, it's two completely different heroics, and one is more charge into the heat of battle, like I said, and the other one is more of a, a very peaceful, very drawn-out, very articulate sort of way of fighting a system that is not any less heroic, in my opinion. It's just the heroics of it are completely different and, it, as he said, less exciting. In, in that sort of definition. I mean, yeah. I mean, like, it, it, just in the general concept, would you want to watch a movie of people singing to fight the system? Or would you want to watch a movie of people going going out and kicking butt to fight the system, right? You would want to see the other one, right? But that's just not how it could work for the, for the civil rights movement. And that's an important delineation to make because that is very different. Uh, anyways. I thought there was no greater courage than to go for, to war for your country. I say there isn't, um, but I would still say that the people who went out and did those courageous things, um, the people who died, were incredibly courageous. Um, but yeah, anyways, I would say that there is no greater courage than dying for your country. Not specifically going to war for your country, and I think if you don't make that delineation, some people will say, yes, there is no greater courage than to go to war for your country, because in that, there's no greater courage than dying for your country, and having basically almost a guarantee that there is a... That there is a threat of dying for your country. Um... You know, there's not there's not much more of a guarantee that you're going to die for your country than going to war, right? Um, it's very very tough to find that kind of like thing. So that's why people would say that. Uh, but I think I think most people would genuinely agree that there is no greater courage than dying for your country, not necessarily specifically going to war for your country. But yes, um, that's that's how I would say the delineation should be made there. Um, and dying for your country in war is very is incredibly courageous. But I think the people who died in the civil rights movement or anything else um, who suffered during the civil rights movement is still courageous. And I wouldn't, I don't know if I would say like one's better than the other. Um, definitely dying in war is, is something just much more tragic, much more traumatizing, much more just war itself is just traumatizing and just an awful experience. Something that e even the protesters of the civil rights movement probably could just not fathom. Um, unless they'd obviously been in war or something like that, but um, it, it's just the civil rights movement is not exactly going to war. You know, it was it was sort of yes, you would get thrown in jail, you would get beat around, and it, it's a traumatizing experience. It's just not as traumatizing as literally everyone next to you is dropping dead. Um, well, not always, but still, yeah. Oh my gosh, you know what's funny? I just looked up at the the top here. They have different sections. Uh, so this is apparently Clown News Network Politics. Um, the first segment, the first section, DT, DJT, Big Daddy DJT over here. Donald J. Trump. Donald Trump is the first section. Supreme Court, the second. Congress, third. <laughs> Here's the funny one. Funny one. Facts first. 
Well, it's not first. <laughs> it's not the first section. It's the fourth section. So obviously, here's the thing. Let's, let's look at this from the standpoint. They care about Donald Trump, then they care about the Supreme Court, then they care about Congress. That's the top three things they care about. And then the facts. And then the 2020 election. It's, it's like they're delineating between all those four, all those five things, which is flipping hilarious, because they are basically admitting through all these other things that they aren't putting out facts. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyways, back to the actual article. I just thought that was hilarious. The first thing they had is Trump, and basically almost the last thing is facts. Um, but when patriotism becomes dangerous, now this is a heading, people. This is big, big letters, big bold boys. Um, when patriotism becomes dangerous, uh, it's nationalism at that point. Thank you. But um, anyways, I was channel surfing one day. Surf's up, bro. Uh, when I stumbled upon a PBS documentary on the Freedom Riders. They were an interracial group of college students who decided to sit next to one another on bus rides to the Deep South in the early 1960s. They were trying to desegregate interstate bus travel. Okay. Here's the thing. Yet again, to my point, this happened in the when the uh, the early early 2000s. Did you say? No, oh, early early 2000s, like 2008. Oh no 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 not that no not not 2008. Um, when Obama came into play. No 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 no. 1960s. The 1960s. What? Irrelevant. Irrelevant. Anyways. Because as I said, patriotism has been redefined. It's not like you can't redefine patriotism. I'm just saying that the general idea in society of how our country works has been redefined many times. And some people would say I am patriotic in that I support slavery back in the 1800s. And they would still think that's a thing. But, but nowadays, we would redefine that as nationalism. Right. But anyways, keep going. here. Sitting next to a person of another race on a bus doesn't sound dangerous, but you risk death if you did that in this segregated zone. See, you didn't risk death like you go into war. Right. You can't make that comparison. I just said that you can't make that comparison. Many freedom freedom writers actually signed last wills. OK, what is their first will? I mean, they signed wills. Yeah, fine. Whatever. That's, that's kind of how a will is. It's the last one. And testaments before the trips because they didn't expect to return. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. Let's see how what happened, because I, I almost guaranteed they returned. Um, but still, that is a that is a legitimate fear, I think, back in those times, is, is there was there was stuff going on. But whatever. Their fears were not unfounded. They were attacked by mobs wielding baseball bats and chains. Several were almost beaten to death. Many would carry physical and psychological scars the rest of their lives. All were unarmed. Their only weapon, faith, that their country could be better. So look, none of them got shot. None of them actually died. They just got really beaten up, which is bad. To my, to my point, there was still no guarantee that they were going to die, right? Like there was in war. And the trauma that they experienced is traumatizing. I cannot say that that's not traumatizing. Um, and I, I'm sure that there were psychological scars on them as well. Um, but you cannot equate this to war. It is unfair. It is wrong. It is just straight up false to say that going to war for a country is not still a very big and 
patriotic thing to do. This is patriotic, and I'm not going to say it's not. This is very patriotic for them to do that. For their for their to see their country be what it's supposed to be about, and what the country's constitution was written to be about, and that's what the why the 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 founding fathers were not were very progressive in their thoughts on slavery and things like that. And they, if you ask them, they would want to see slavery gone. Not maybe, not all of them, but the big ones would have wanted to sleep to see slavery gone. But they realized it wouldn't happen in their lifetime. George Washington realized it wouldn't happen in his lifetime because he said in in his will that his slaves would be freed. He couldn't do it while he was alive, so he knew that he could not do it in his lifetime. But he wanted it to happen. Okay, but anyways. Only weapon faith that their country could be better. See, that's patriotism. That, in my opinion, is patriotism. Yes, it's supposed to be what the country's supposed to be founded on, it, and is, and that's what you're fighting and dying for. That's patriotism. Exactly right. Um, this was a dangerous type of patriotism. Not a polite demonstration or mild civil disobedience. It was the kind that could get you fired from your job, shunned by your community, beaten or killed. Okay. Um, Patriotism nowadays can get that kind of stuff from you. I mean, being conservative, that can happen to you. Um, if I walked in the middle of Detroit with a MAGA hat on, or in the middle of, of Chicago with a MAGA hat on, there are not going to be people very happy with me, because there are very Democrat cities, and there are cities with high crime rates. And if I walked in those cities around with Democrats who were armed to the teeth, um, and I was on their streets, they probably wouldn't be too happy with it. Uh, and there's probably a pretty good chance I could get beat or killed, um, because lots of people do daily. Okay, this is a reality in some of these big cities. I ain't gonna say it's because of Democrats. Um, I think it's because of a lack of, of really, well, let's say, let's say patriotism for the police. And because of the things Colin Kaepernick did, in my opinion, I'm not gonna blame Colin Kaepernick completely, because this was, this was stuff that happened already. Um, but he, he did make it worse, in my opinion. Uh, he did. But anyways, that's a completely different argument as well. We're not we're not talking about police brutality in this episode exactly, but I told you we we're going to talk about a lot of stuff, so here it is. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's because of a lack of respect for the police and a lack of, a, of authority given to the police. And sort of this like limiting of the police limits them to be able to do their job. And I'm not saying that there shouldn't be restrictions on police. I'm not saying they should be able to just go out and shoot black people. I'm saying that these these this sort of like police that are put under this sort of like all this pressure and all this racial pressure all the time is they, they basically can't even touch a black guy without being called racist, you know, at a certain point. And it's a problem in in in, in Chicago. There was a there was a thing in Chicago where these people, um, this mail company was trying to get people, and they they put out a mail mail car that was unlocked. Um, and because they get, kept noticing that their mail cars were being stolen. So they put one out, unlocked in a bad neighborhood, and you guessed it, it got stolen, right? And then these people, they claimed that it was because they were black and because they were entrapped and because they were treated like animals. Basically, because they were like, oh, they were treated like animals because we're black and they don't see us as humans. They let, and then they let them go. And this is the exact problem that the Chicago and these other police have is that they are Basically, they can't do their jobs effectively if that sort of thing's going to happen, right? That's what I mean by that. Okay, I'll give you give you the context there. This is not exactly an argument for, for gun control or for police brutality. Gun control, what? But anyways, 
Yet it was the kind of patriotism that made progress possible in America, said Ralph Young, author of Dissent, the History of, the Amer of an American Idea. What? Yeah, okay, fine. Dissent, yeah, okay, fine, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, yeah. He said, people often forget the United States was founded by political and religious dissenters fleeing Europe. Yeah, fine, okay. They put the right to dissent in the Constitution. Yes, this is exactly what I've been saying this entire time. Um, but here's the thing. Dissent is not an inherent part of patriotism. It's it's about what, what you're protesting. It's about what you're standing up for, right? If if right now I wanted to just go to war with the with the um, with the government and dissent, why? Um, because there's black people in the country. I don't know what. I don't know what what the hell I would do. But I, let's just say that, right? That I was some sicko and I was like, hey, I'm gonna go to war with the the country because there's black people in the country, right? Um, that's dissent in a bad way. Dissent is not inherently good, even in the American ideal of, of protest. I'd say protest, not dissent. Dissent is a very, very loaded word. Um, that just does not, is not true. Um, but yes, dissent is, is the basis for the Constitution, is in the Constitution. But not exactly. I'm saying, as in, the Founding Fathers knew exactly what they were doing. And the funny thing is, if you really think about it, the Founding Fathers were nationalists, to the point that they believed in a nation before it ever existed. Think about that. They believed in a nation that they could not see, right? That is unbelievable, okay? And so that sort of nationalism is completely redefined in how we have nationalism nowadays, right? Um, so I'd say they were more than patriotic because you can't love a country that doesn't exist, right? But they, they believed in something that something could be true when it hadn't yet. And that is something that, that I, I can't explain it in any other way other than nationalism, right? That you believe that your people are the best people. The American people, I'm not saying the white people, whatever. The American people are the greatest people. And that the, these people can become the greatest country. Is It's mind-blowing, right? But anyways, whole nother argument, whole nother day. Um... Dissent is the fuel for the engine of progress. Yes, okay, yes, 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 and no. Like, I, I don't agree with the whole, like, the nail that sticks up must be hammered down thing, right? You know, obviously, the United States has wiggle room for freedom. It's called freedom, freedom to protest, freedom of to stand up for what you believe in, right? But dissent is a very, very loaded word, as I said, and that's just not right. It's not the fuel for progress. Dissent is not. In, in, yeah. It depends, I guess. In, in civil rights movement, yeah. Okay, yeah. But, but anyways, it, it, technically, yeah, I don't know. Anyways, um, said a history professor at Temple University in Philadelphia, whatever. I don't care who you are or where you're from, whatever. You should just say it yourself. I, I don't know why this guy is quoting people. Inertia is built into institutions, things that don't change unless people push for change. Fine, whatever. Freedom riders risk their lives to make America better, but are not commonly seen as patriots. By whom exactly? Uh, because you don't, you don't, you don't make that that argument here at all. That's just that's just how you say it in the caption, where there's no. That's like it's like an untouchable little area because it's like not actually part of the article, so you can't really like argue that. It's like, well, but if I could have, I would have. Well, you didn't, guy. So. That's kind of weird. Anyways, how Obama legitimized other 
another brand of patriotism. Most of us were taught in school that dissent is patriotic. Okay, whatever. See, I, I still don't disagree with that, but whatever. But I don't inherently disagree with that. I just say that, like, the, the inherent meaning of dissent is not exactly what we're trying for here. We don't just want people to always be uprising against the government for nothing. You know, that kind of stuff. Like, we have the right to protest, but there isn't a need always for protest. Right? That's when you get into the problem of unlimited government. Where it's like, there's always a problem and we always need to fix something. How are we going to fix it? Government. Does government ever fix something? No. <laughs> they admit this. But whatever. Dissenters are venerated. Okay. I quit using big words, but it's not making it look cool. I mean, seriously, it's not. It doesn't change the point. But anyways, even even his professors, he quoted, didn't make any big words. So he's just trying to look, look, ooh, look snobby. Anyways, this is why we get to elitism. The centers are venerated, but usually only after they're dead and nurtured, neutered. What, what is that? Neutered by time? What? Like neutralized by time? Neutered by time. Wow. I think I'm thinking that in the wrong context, but that's... Okay, during war, economic uncertainty, or massive social change, the love-it-or-leave-it form of patriotism rules. I'm so confused. That was just a confusing part. I, I don't get this anymore. Whatever. Yet something different has happened during the Obama era. He has helped legitimize the dangerous type of patriotism. He's done this through words and deeds. Okay. No other president has talked about patriotism the way Obama has. It's a type of patriotism many non-white Americans can finally see themselves in. Okay, I don't know what this patriotism is, so I can't make any comments on it, I guess. And that's kind of what he wants, but anyways. Consider Obama's speech in Selma, Alabama last year. Some consider it his own Gettysburg Address. He gave it at the foot of the Edmund Pettus Bridge, commemorating the epic civil rights campaign that spawned the Voting Rights Act. Voting Rights Act. What is this? Is it, okay, I'm not going to talk about the Voting Rights, the Voting Act that, that Democrats have now. But that is a piece of crap. Anyways, in that speech, Obama declared that America is not just great because of what it was, because of what it is becoming. He said America is not some fragile thing. We can't tolerate citizens demanding change. That's exactly why I hate this definition of patriotism it is nationalism if you think that there should not be change here's the thing that is a direct attack at conservatives i get that because basically the idea of conservatives is sort of against change but not exactly right if we were against change then then why did we change everything obama did and i know it's because he changed stuff yes but why why are we for all these new things that that trump is and look look, look i get it. You can, we can go on and on and on and on all day about things that conservatives don't want to change and that conservatives do want to change, whatever, right? Yes. Oh, look at this reopening. It's a perfect example of why conservatives don't want change because they want to go back to normal. Yeah. Okay. See, it's all these different stupid things where you can say, yes, conservatives are for change. Or, no, conservatives are for change. It's a very back and forth thing. Conservatives are for what conservatives are for. And it's not inherently change, period. Okay. And that's obvious. Uh, but anyways. 
America is not some fragile thing that can't tolerate See, that is nationalism. If you have unquestioning patriotism, it's nationalism. That is what is the definition of. But anyways, what greater form of patriotism is there than the belief that America is not yet finished? That we are strong enough to be self-critical? He asked. America is never finished. Still, the idea of patriotism in what it stands for, in what it was founded on, and the principles that created it is patriotism. Saying patriotism to some future America that doesn't exist is cannot be possible. Okay, you cannot have patriotism in something that that doesn't really exist. That's what I said with the founding fathers. How could they have a love of a country that didn't exist yet? Right? Even with them, they were patriotic for the country they created, right? And for the things that they fought for, um, for the principles they were fighting for to have in a country, yes. But they were not patriotic for a country that they didn't know existed yet, right? The America that is today is completely different America than probably what they thought would happen, but not in a bad way, not in a good way, not in a whatever. You know, that's, that's a very, that's a very odd sort of like weird argument to make that, that yeah, you know, there's patriotism in America that, in the fact that America's not done yet or whatever. Like, that just doesn't make any sense. And here's the thing. Change is good. Okay, change is good, but it's not inherently good. Okay, there are good changes. There are bad changes. Forever and always. Amen. You know, it, it just because it's change doesn't mean it's good. And that's what I hate about these Democrats saying that conservatives are against change. No, we're against bad change. If it's bad, we don't want it. If it's bad for the country, we don't want it. You know, now, this is, not, I'm not talking historically. I'm talking right here, right now, modern conservatives. I'm not talking about historically. That is completely different. And I will, to an extent, agree with you that conservatives were only just anti-change. You know, like conservatives were very anti-change back then, right? That's how it is. That's how it, that's how it was. Modern day conservatism is a little bit different. Okay, but it, it, that's a different sort of argument to make. He called members of disparaged groups, gays and lesbians, Mexican immigrants, American heroes. He praised the hopeful strivers who crossed the Rio Grande, the gay Americans whose blood ran on the streets of San Francisco and New York. Dude, dude, no, he didn't. The funny thing is, the the only reason Biden, I mean, the only reason Obama ever came out about being like pro-gay, basically. Like, he didn't want to for purposes of re-election. He didn't know when to strategically say that he wanted to support gay marriage. Because he didn't know when it would be viable for it. Like, he literally, they were planning out when they would be able to come out with that. Because he wanted to get re-elected. And that was the truth of it all. Right? Um, and I'm not saying that that's a bad thing that gay, gay, gay people get married or whatever. But I'm saying, <laughs> Obama wasn't exactly, like, some frontrunner. The funny thing is, is Biden's the only reason that he ever came, because Biden let it slip accidentally that basically that Obama was for gay people, right? And and then Obama was like, yeah, and scrambled, right? Obama had was not exactly just planning to come out and outright say it. Now, I'm not saying he was against it. I'm not saying he was not for it. Um, even still, he was not ready <laughs> when when he was pushed to do it, which is funny. Because you're going to say he was this, this guy who was really spacked. He really backed up. He was really supportive. Well, he wasn't very, uh, he wasn't the type of patriotism that you're saying. Because he was not dissentful. He was not 
you know what, we're going to come out with this on the president, you know. So, no, he, he, was, he was worried about getting reelected before he was worrying about getting gays the right to vote. So, if you really want to say that he was some sort of big progressive, big, big boy, no, that's wrong. That's just completely wrong. Um, and Biden's the only reason he ever really came out the way he did. Hey, I'm not saying he wasn't ever going to, but still. Anyways, he also put women, not white men, in powdered wigs at the center of the America story. Now we're getting into this, huh? Now we're getting into the founding fathers of being terrible. Dude, that is so, so unpatriotic. And I know that the, that the whole that the whole argument of this article is that it is patriotic and that I'm sounding like a terrible person for saying that. But that is so unpatriotic, it's not even funny. Because what do you have a love for in the country then? Because you are inherently admitting right now that you hate the country as it is. So how can you be patriotic for a country you hate? Well, because we're making changes for the country to be something we love. And we're going to change the country into something we like. Okay. Um, but how can you have patriotism then? Well, well, um, um, well patriotism is dissent, as the Founding Fathers said. Well, but you just said that um, uh, the Founding Fathers aren't as important here in this sentence. Uh, they aren't. They shouldn't be the center of the America story, which is funny because why would it be the America story? It wouldn't be the American story. But anyways, you literally just said they're not important to the American story, but you would love to cite them when they are on your agenda. Like really, he literally, in the course of three paragraphs, just went from using the founding fathers in his argument to bashing the founding fathers in his argument. What? Anyways, he cited a 19th century former slave who became an abolitionist and champion of women's rights and other civil rights act and another civil rights activist from the 1960s whose fiery eloquence forced America to face the brutality of segregation in the deep south. Okay. Yeah. But what is what does that have to see, here's the thing. He's only against the founding fathers because they're white men, you know. Golly, could you imagine if 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 the founding fathers weren't white? Could you imagine that? We would have a completely different America. As in, the Democrats would have nothing to complain about. <laughs> because really, that's the only thing they can really get them for. Is, oh, they were white men. That's the only thing. I'm not saying America would be bad because it was not founded by white men. That's completely untrue. Um, but it, it's a different time back then for, for different races. And you can, just can't compare it to today at, at all. There's no comparison to be made. And he's trying to, and it's just not. Look at, her, look at our history, he said. We are Sojourner Truth and Fannie Lou Hammer, women who could do as much as men, and then some. Okay, whatever, dude, whatever. All right, this is just so, this is so infuriating. This is so stupid. Look, I, I get, like, the whole point of, like, okay, well, these people, these women, they were involved in big, big, big issues, but, like, this whole idea that Women are more important than men in the American. Can't, can't they be the same? I mean, here, here's the thing. Look. Women and men both founded America, period. Black people and white people both founded America, period. Can we not, not just say that this country is founded on a melting pot? The idea that multiple cultures, multiple races, multiple everything comes to form one. That's what it is. This is not about... Oh, women are so, oh, white men, they suck. Oh, when they suck, oh, they're bad. Anybody who's not black, oh, they suck. You know, whatever. Wow, come on. This is just ridiculous. Look at Obama looking real smug over here. Ooh, 
fighter. I'm a real fighter for the for the gay people. No, he's not. Want to know how Obama defines American exceptionalism? Listen to the 2015 Selma speech. Many say it's his best. See, see now they redefine it. It's not American patriotism. It's exceptionalism. No, apparently. I, I, I guess that's a different thing. I'm not going to look into American exceptionalism. I'm not going to try and define this. Some speech was Obama's answer to critics who said that he didn't believe in American exceptionalism. He just redefined it. So, yeah, okay. Right, what? American exceptionalism. He doesn't believe in American exceptionalism. Yeah, he doesn't believe America could be exceptional without having other people in it. Which is true. True, that's very true. But here's the thing, like, I think this whole thing of comparing the war, people going into wars with people, and look, white people aren't the only people going into wars, okay? There are many black people going into war, even in the Civil War. In almost all war, in almost all American wars, there were black people who went into war and who fought. Um, not really sure on the Revolutionary War, I would guarantee you that there were black people who fought. Um, because it was basically people were just fighting in the cities, in the streets, in the houses, and whatever else. But, um, the Selma speech was hailed as a classic. Really, well, here's the funny thing. I've never heard of it. Um, maybe because I was a kid, but I never heard of it. In an Atlantic article entitled, Finally, I hear a politician explain my country just the way I understand it. Well, the author, James Fallow, said, Obama expressed the essence of our American creed. See, I've already explained why he doesn't, and it just keeps making this argument over and over and over. I'm not going to keep saying over and over and over. Just go back a couple seconds. I mean, come on. You know exactly what I said on this. I've said this already. It's just trying to push the same thing over and over and over and over and over. The speech spoke to America's future, a time when the nation is expected to become a majority minority. You know what? I, I, I would love to see the day when the minorities are the majority, just so that we can rub it in their faces. At this point, because it's gotten to the point where these people are so infuriated that they just they just go out and say, "You're a minority. You're a victim. You're a minority. You're 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 you can't help yourself. You, you're a minority. You, you you're oppressed. You're everything else in the world." And who do they say that they're the victims of? They're, they they say they're the victims of us, the conservatives, us on the right. And this is so infuriating to the point that I don't even want to be the majority anymore. You can have it. You can be the majority. Just so that I can rub it in your dang face and say, look, being the minority ain't that flippin' bad. Okay, I don't care. Seriously, I don't care. Race does not matter, period. This is ridiculous. I'm so, so done with this narrative that, oh, I'm a majority, I'm, I'm, I'm terrible. Oh, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't even help myself in the world. And then it's like people, who, majorities who prove that wrong. Oh my gosh, look at, look at this guy, you know. He did it, he did the impossible. So this is what America is, okay? These people don't get it. These people don't understand patriotism, so they, they bash it. They don't understand that patriotism is about the majority and minority coming together. That's exactly what the founding of this country was about. It was about all people, all men created equal. All men created equal. All men, okay? That is why we were able to have civil rights and things like that. It, not, it doesn't say white men were created equal. Or, and it means men in the in the terms of of humanity men, not exactly just men, as in no, not women. Um, you can get into that later, but you know you can read you can define that as, as either men as in humanity or um, men as in men and women. Um, depends on your agenda, obviously. 
but um, in, a, in my case, I can say that as well, um, that I would, I would define it as humanity, men, like um, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind, right? Um, I guess that is sort of different because, but anyways, he's, we're talking about mankind here, is, is exactly kind of how you would define it in the Constitution now, or not in the Constitution, whatever, you know, but anyways, uh, not just in the Constitution, it's in, it's in everything, really, but, um, but of course we had to tack on things like women's votes, you know, women's suffrage, and things like that. so it, it, it's, it's, yes, it's a little bit tougher to, to sort of just generalize it like that, but look, all men are created equal. That does not discriminate by race, okay? We have way moved past discriminating by by gender. We have way moved past discriminating by race. The only people who still do it are the left and are the alt-right. The only people who still delineate by race, only people who still use race as an important factor in anything. Period. 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 Not a dot, dot, dot. I'm just so done, 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 done with this that I'm just done. Period. Or I guess don't say multiple periods because then period, period, period means that there's more to it. But there ain't more to it. That's, that's just it. Anyways, here is a Selma speech, Selma speech, Selma speech. Oh, it's just more Selma speech. Selma's the first great presidential address to speak to the America. Speak to that America and a speech only our first black president could give. Bull. Bull. Really? So the only... The first... Okay, okay. Because he's black, he's the only person who can point out injustices or anything like that? Like, what? No. You don't think that they were white? He, he, they even say an interracial group back in the guys who were the Freedom Riders. It was an interracial group. It wasn't just black people, right? Oh, and only our first black president could give. That is so incredibly racist, it's not even funny. Not even funny. The first... Is Selma not exactly... She's just so infuriating. I can't even, I can't even think about this right now. This is just so dumb. Only our first black president could give. He wrote... I'm so mad at that. It's not even funny. Like, if there was a problem going on with minorities, you don't think that a, a white president would be able to say that, right? How about Trump? How about with him, with the first first step back? If you don't agree with it, that's fine. I, I understand. There's, there's a conservative who don't agree with it. There's many people who don't agree with it. Um, but anyways, how about the first step back? The justice reform. Hmm? Okay, he has, he has talked about this in a positive light. And it is very, very helpful for black people. He's talking about this in the State of the Union. It is very, very helpful, helpful for black people. And for people who are just incarcerated wrongly. Incredibly helpful. You don't think that that, that that only a black person could give that speech because it's about black people? And, and, and look, only a black person could give a speech about um, women when women's suffrage? What? What? No. He's a man. What? He's a black man. He's not a woman. What does that have to do with it? See? What, what? Anyways, Obama expressed the same sentiments at another patriotic milestone, the dedication last month of a new Smithsonian National Museum of African American History and Culture in Washington. Cool. Again, the same concept. Troublemakers past and present are true patriots. He said. Um, okay, troublemakers sounds bad. Um, are true patriots. That's just not true. Okay, troublemakers are not inherently good people. Okay, that's not true yet again. 
This is the place to understand how protests and love of country don't merely coexist, but inform each other. That is bold. That is so bold. I can go out and protest anything I want. It's not going to be patriotic. Okay? If I protested the Constitution right now, you think that's patriotic? No one would argue that. Not a single person would argue that. Because there's so many things in the one right now. There's so many things in the Constitution that are that are just... There's, there's, you go in the constitution right now and find me something. Maybe you can maybe make the case for, for like women's suffrage. There are very few things that you could say. The founding fathers all disagreed with this, you know, like the founding fathers would not have wanted to see this. It would be very hard to make an argument for that because we are living in an America that the founding fathers at least partially and mostly would have wanted. Now there are problems with racism. Okay, there were there are problems with those sorts of things. And these are these are problems, right? But they aren't they aren't rooted in every institution and rooted in everywhere and rooted in the minds of all the right and everything else. No. No. It's wrong. It's completely wrong and it's a stupid narrative to make. And, and how can you find it? Because it's invisible. Ooh, I could be a racist right now. I'm hiding amongst the, the, the non-racists. So, so it's like, it's like, it's like spy in, in TF2 or something. Like, you can just like, switch it on. And like, oh, I got one. Oh, look, that guy, he's hiding it. He's, he's a racist down, down deep though. Look at that guy. He's a real racist. He's a real low life. You just don't see it yet. You just can't see it. But he is, he is, he really is. And you, you can just twist it. Any any word someone says, you can say, oh, that's racist, right? It's so dumb now. It's so infuriating. Anyways, how men can probably win the gold for the country, but still insist on raising a black, black gloved fist. What? How we can wear an I can't breathe t-shirt and still grieve for fallen police officers. How men can probably win the gold for the country, but still insist on raising a black gloved fist? I don't understand what that means at all. Um, black gloved fist, I would associate with communism, um, literally, because that's the logo. Um, okay, yeah, I, is that supposed to be some sort of a why? Anyways, I'm just going to ignore that because that is so confusing to me. How we can wear an I can't breathe t-shirt and still grieve for fallen police officers. Bull. Bull. Okay, how about the, the, uh, how about the blue lives matter thing? How about that? Do you really grieve for fallen police Because, um, black lives matter and blue lives matter. I don't think should exactly be, I think all lives matter, period. And I don't just say that, and I, oh, that's an anti-black lives matter thing. That's not, that shouldn't be. That includes black lives, that includes blue lives, that includes everything. But how can you be triggered by the blue life, blue lives matter, by saying that blue lives matter, that police lives matter? How can you be triggered by saying that blue lives matter? And yet, well, true, not see how people can be against black lives matter if you're against the idea of a group that is for blue lives, right? It's two separate things, but it's one and the same, and... It, pe people on one side are infuriated at the other. And it's kind of a thing where, well, how do you not see it, right? Because people in Black Lives Matter, they see, and they think, 
you think it's like this, this like one against the other thing, and it shouldn't be. I, I, I agree with this. It should not be, but it is. That's the way it is. Okay, that's that's how it is right now. It is Black Lives Matter is against Blue Lives Matter? Now I'm not saying that all black people are against police officers. That is completely untrue. It's completely untrue. But are is it a majority of Democrats are not exactly grieving for fallen police officers? Yeah. That what I, I would say that's true. And 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 to the point. Um, look, that's that's a completely different thing. Police brutality is another argument, and I'm not going to go into it right now. But I, I don't see that as patriotic. This whole I can't breathe T-shirt and fallen police officers. Look, a, if there was a legitimate, complete issue going on, then I could support that. But certain instances does not mean institution. Right. Instance does not mean institution. Alright, I'm gonna make that. I'm gonna oh I am going to like I'm gonna like trademark that and rights reserved and, and everything. That is good that is good stuff. In uh, yeah, instance does not mean institution. Oh that shuts down all, all the libs. We have another um heading coming after this, but I have been going on for so long and this is so draining. I'm telling you. This is I've just been thirty minutes. I, I did a I did an hour long podcast before and i cannot a reading of nancy pelosi and i can't handle this this is so bad not because it's just like really making me think no it's just really hurting my brain because <laughs> it's just so bad anyways this is the place to understand our protests and love of country let me hear oh i'm sorry i read this already Whew, i'm really out of it i'm sorry oh, i'm still grateful please this form of patriotism isn't new it's the kind that people of color have had to develop because white America's narrow definition of patriotism didn't fit. America doesn't have a narrow view of patriotism. That's not how it works. You have to have patriotism in the principles that a country is founded on. Right, and the love of country, and the belief that your country is the best, doesn't mean that everything in your country is great. Doesn't mean that there are things that you don't like about the country. Look at me, I'm, I'm patriotic. I would consider myself patriotic. Um, I mean, I don't go out and shoot guns. I don't, I, I don't do patriotic things. I am in ideology patriotic, right? Um, ideological patriotic, not exactly like I don't go out and do very like patriotic things too, too much. Um, but I still love my country, and I still respect my country, and I still represent my country, and I still everything else. Um, here's the thing. I don't like things about the country. Whoa, what? You're not patriotic. No, that's how patriotic, that's how patriotism is. Exactly right. Dissent. Protest. Whatever else. Right. Obviously, by your definition, and if you say that patriotism has always been dissent, then... It ain't narrow, is it? it? It can't be. White America's narrow different. Patriotism does that is nationalism. That is nationalism. It is not white patriotism. No such thing. It is white nationalism. Okay? If you are patriotic, but only because America is mostly white, then that is because you are a white nationalist. Period. Okay? America is a melting pot. America the founding principles of America is to make it a melting pot for all people all men are created equal okay not just some people not just these guys over here well, these guys they're pretty cool but no not just them 
the cool, the not cool, eh, the whatevers, the weirdos, the sick, the ill, the whatever. Obviously not in this case, but whatever. You know what I'm saying. The sick in head, whatever. You know, whatever you want. I don't know what you want to say. America is a melting pot. It was founded on the principle of a melting pot. That was the idea of the country. It was to be a melting pot. Okay. The George Washingtons, all those did not just want white American colonizers or, or, or Europe, British people. They wanted all people of any kind who needed freedom to have a place to go. Now, I'm not saying that we should just let people in. That's a different argument. That's a different argument. Okay. That's a completely different argument that we will make. Trust me. Um, but yeah, I am not even halfway through this thing. And I, my brain is halfway fried. Uh, well, yeah. I'm about to just shut down. <laughs> because I'm so mad. How, just look at the rest. Look at this entire thing. Please read this. Well, I, I actually don't. I don't encourage that you read this because of how just how just angry it's making me. <laughs> but if you can get through it, you read it <laughs> yourself. Um, and just look out for these little things that they're saying. I'm going to finish this section in this. Just But, but just... Just know, we are very close to this being done, because uh, I am very done. Uh, but anyways, this form of patriotism is new. It's kind of people color up, had to adapt to. Here's the thing. This form of patriotism. So is that why he's trying? Is that how he's trying to say that he used to be a patriot, but he was only patriotic to white people? So like, but I mean, obviously not like just patriotic to white people, but like, obviously if he had the ability to, to sort of see patriotism and heroics in non-white people, then this entire thing is just wrong. And he admits that it's wrong many times. This entire thing basically contradicts itself over the course of the entire thing, right? And he tries to like subtly like put it here and there and there. Oh, well, but, but look at this argument. Well, it's like halfway makes an argument against it, but it doesn't, doesn't really. And it's kind of like this whole thing's just like battling itself. It's like if you, if you took all the little individual arguments that this is making, they would all they would all fight each other to the point where this literally makes no argument at this point. This this doesn't make any argument other than well, Obama's speeches were pretty good. Like I have to bring in my own argument for why that isn't right, but still. Um, and look, I'm not gonna say Obama was a terrible guy on all cases, all fronts, or that he couldn't give a, he could give a speech. You gotta give the guy that he could give a speech. He was good. He was a good talker. Um, not sure why he had. Biden at his side, but hey, you got him gay marriage, I guess. Maybe that happened. <laughs> um, but anyways, I, this is just, I'm sorry, I'm on the way for the mic a little bit. Um, but anyways, yeah, I was just saying sort of like, yeah, it's just, it's just so, this is so infuriating. And if you, you just single down all the arguments, you, this, this would literally just be a, a blank piece of paper, really, just about Obama's speeches that he's given. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Like, there's nothing here that, like, I mean, obviously, he's not going to say that Obama. Well, he says it's a dangerous patriot, dangerous patriotism. So that's kind of just a weird way to put it. Dangerous means bad. Dangerous is inherently bad. Like, if something's dangerous, then it's there's danger in it. Like, there is a problem. <laughs> there is a problem that will arise from it, right? Um, and I think what he's trying to say is like, well, this is dangerous because it's new and dissentive. But you've always, but you've said that that patriotism is always dissentive. So it's always been dangerous patriotism. Nothing changed, right? So if you're gonna say that, then then you'd have to you would have to make the argument that patriotism is inherently dangerous. 
in that way. And saying just something is dangerous outright sounds bad. It doesn't sound good. That was just kind of trying to rope people in. Ooh, 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 getcha, 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 getcha. Um, yeah, gotcha. Whoa, get clickbaited, bro. Uh, no. No, this is just ridiculous, this entire thing. Well, let's keep going anyways. It's the type of patriotism that black poet Langston Hughes expressed in his 1935 poem, Let America Be America Again. In it, he gives his own variation of the call to make America great again. Oh, let America be America again, the land that ha that never has been yet, and yet must be. Okay, yeah. No, that's true. That's fine. That makes sense. That's true. So what are we going to say that America before, or that patriotism before 1935 isn't patriotism? Okay. That's what I've been saying. Patriotism before 1960s is, wasn't patriotism? Okay. That's what I've been saying. Um, but there's no precedent between 1970 and 2008. There is literally zero argument between there, other than, well, Obama came in and he said stuff. Okay, well, he said stuff about the times that you're talking about, 1935, 1960s, 1970, the year, I guess, only. I, I don't get why he quoted that, that song in, in general. But, yeah, okay, we're going to make that argument there. Um, it's just, it's just so, so weird to me. You know, this is just so bad. It, it just horribly written just just awful it's just this is this is a very just racist it's just it doesn't see it because oh it's counter racism it's backwards racism it's ooh, ooh, ooh it's a dancing around racism i guess see what and i hate that argument too obviously i hate that but this thing is so full of it this guy is so full of it um and it's just this, this, this entire thing. It's just been sad. I'm not not reading it because I, I, I honestly haven't read past this. Um, and it, this is just mind-bogglingly awful. So I'm gonna leave it here. Um, if y'all want me to, I can finish this thing. But just read it on your own if you really want me to, because this is just bad. It is so bad. And I can't believe the Clown News Network actually just wrote this. It's so telling of them. It really is. Um, I'm sure they get into Colin Kaepernick. And... I, I don't know. I just, I'm sorry. This is just so bad. I can't keep reading this, dude. Um, if, you, if you want more of this, please... DM us on Instagram at deplorable.devotee uh, and go to our email or Gmail, um, deplorabledevotees at gmail.com. Um, sorry I couldn't power through this, y'all. I know I, sometimes I do it an hour long, but it's late at night. My head is fried. I really am. Um, oh my gosh. Wow, I'm sorry. This has actually been a lot longer than I thought it was. Um, wow. This has been a long podcast, y'all. So, wow. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I've just been going for way too long, and I'm only halfway through this thing. This would literally be three hours, and it's been an hour and a half. I'm sorry. I made y'all suffer through all this. Dude, wow. This is bad. This is really bad. I'm sorry. But anyways, um, just if you want me to read more of this, it's going to be a separate episode, I'm telling you, because I am going. I am not going any farther, especially since I've been going for like an hour and a half-ish. Um, so...
Anyways, y'all, thank you guys for listening. If you made it this far, you are a legend. Um, I don't know how I made it this far. Uh, you are patriotic to the cause, I guess. Um, whatever, whatever they want to call it. Eh? You know, at this point, if you if you read into this stuff, um, there is literally no definition by the end of this of patriotism. There really isn't. Um, at least no new one from what I can tell, and what they're trying to say is, like, if you're, if you're white, you're not patriotic, pretty much, and if you're black, you're patriotic, that's kind of how I'm seeing this, really, is what they're saying, um, so if you're a white man, you can't be patriotic, so they're kind of excluding everyone from being patriotic other than minor the minorities or something, I, it's just so, so counterintuitive, so just, like, just battling itself, and just self-destructive, really, that I cannot take this seriously, and it's just hurting me to read this, but this is Clown News Network. Welcome. Uh, this is why we hate them. <laughs> this is why it's awful. Because the MSM, the lamestream media, they just, they push these kind of narratives. And when you really just kind of like take the time to pick them apart, they're so just hypocritical and they just battle each other. And it's so weird to me. But as I said, y'all, I'm fried. I really am. I can't keep going. Um... If there's anything I said in this that you kind of want to debate me on, uh, feel free. Um, just DM the Instagram. Um, it'll most likely be me responding to your DMs. Um, so probably not Jack. If you have anything for Jack, uh, just kind of say, like, look, this was in Jack's thing, and I'll get him, you know, to sort of respond. Um, I run I run the Instagram. Whew, big surprise. Um, but, yeah. So, guys, just... Um, get in contact with us if you need to if you have any questions if you have any debates you want to say or you know if you want to get on the show or, or get your opinion heard on the show we welcome that we haven't had anyone do that uh as of yet but obviously we would welcome you if you do that um so anyways guys thank you all for listening um <laughs> you guys are true american heroes for listening to this because it is bad um <laughs> I'm kidding, obviously, but thank you guys for tuning in. Um, have a great night, great evening, and I'll see you guys in the next episode.